AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Brussels sprouts, lima beans, liver and onions. Mention any of these to a child and they'd run the other way. Heck, some adults might too. Certain foods, no matter how you prepare them, just aren't appealing. That doesn't mean we stop trying, though. Whether we eat them fried, baked, or fricasseed, we never cease to make the seemingly inedible edible. Now, imagine a world where we never had french fries, or mashed potatoes, or potato chips. A world where the potato wasn't just ignored, it was rejected and even feared. Strangely enough, that world wasn't so long ago. It all started during the early 16th century, when the potato was first introduced to Europe by Spaniards who had brought it from South America. The French had no use for it beyond feeding their pigs. They even believed ingesting it would cause leprosy. Europeans as a whole kept their distance from potatoes for 200 years, until a man named Antoine-Augustin Parmentier entered the picture. Antoine was a French pharmacist who had served during the Seven Years' War. In that time, he was captured by the Prussians as a prisoner of war and forced to eat potatoes, lest he rather starve. Potatoes were a major crop in Prussia, with King Frederick II having ordered his peasants to grow them. Antoine, unlike his fellow Frenchmen, didn't mind the taste of potatoes. In fact, he quite enjoyed them. He didn't develop leprosy, nor did he contract any other maladies associated with them. Upon his release at the end of the war, he returned to France on a mission— to change people's minds about the misunderstood vegetable. He started by looking into the health benefits of the potato and discovered it provided help to those afflicted with dysentery. Antoine's research won him a scientific award in 1773 and was a small step in convincing the public that the potato was something to be enjoyed. Thanks to his help, France also removed a law forbidding the cultivation of potatoes, which had been upheld since 1748, it seems the tubers' tides were turning, except where the public was concerned. While potatoes were approved in certain medical practices, the average French person still saw them as harbingers of disease and death. Even the hospital where Antoine worked wouldn't let him practice his new brand of medicine on patients. The pharmacist had to find a way to change people's minds, and he started at the top. He hosted dinner parties with special guests, including founding father Benjamin Franklin, where he served all kinds of potato-based dishes to great success. He also gifted King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette a bouquet of potato blossom flowers. Though these weren't potatoes themselves, he knew such a gesture would endear the royal family to his cause. And it did. Upon receiving the purple flowers, the queen tucked one into her hair, while the king threaded another into a buttonhole on his coat. 
King Louis asked for more information about the flowers and the fruit they bore. Antoine obliged by describing his plan, which intrigued the king enough to grant the pharmacist a plot of land on which to grow his crops. But simply growing them wasn't going to help if the average French citizen still saw them as inedible. So the resourceful Antoine hatched a scheme to trick everyone into eating potatoes. He hired armed guards to stand watch outside his plot during the day. After all, anything protected so well must be worth stealing, right? At night, peasants would sneak in and steal the crops, bringing them home to feed their families and neighbors. Antoine told the guards to let them go, even if they were caught. He didn't want to stop anyone from stealing his potatoes. Getting them into people's hands and mouths had been the plan all along. It still took many years for the potato to gain in popularity. Even during times of famine, people were still reluctant to grow and consume them. That is, however, until Parmentier wrote a brochure expounding on the versatility of the common potato. The Commission on Subsistence and Provisions published the pamphlet, inviting people to not only grow and cultivate potatoes, but to submit recipes for inclusion in a forthcoming cookbook. Even Napoleon Bonaparte got on board the tater train, and with his encouragement, the potato, once a source of disgust for many, became a staple of their cuisine and culture. It also gave the republic a way to become self-sufficient. However, it was one man's tireless crusade for a misunderstood root vegetable that made him a French food icon. They even erected a statue of him in his hometown. Antoine Augustin Parmentier, the man who gave the potato to France. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. 
Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. A large, seemingly unstoppable force. One lone person raging against the machine. There's a reason we root for David and not Goliath. The latter is bent on destruction against the solitary crusader standing up for what's right. Unfortunately, David and Goliath stories don't always end the way we hope. Oftentimes, it takes a lot more than one person to affect the necessary change. But then again, there's Wang Elnan. Wang had been a farmer in a small Chinese village for most of his life. He left school at the age of 10 to help his family, who also tended to the land. Yet his desire to learn never waned. He read often, teaching himself new things to improve his quality of life. By the time he reached his 60s, however, it wasn't the quality of his life he was worried about. It was the quality of his farm. It all started in the year 2001. Wang noticed a strange smell in his home. He'd been celebrating the Lunar New Year with his neighbor, preparing food and playing cards, when a small flood of toxic water entered the house. He rushed outside to see where it was coming from, only to witness his land under siege by the same sludge. His crops were destroyed, as was his ability to make a living. After doing some investigating, Wang discovered the cause of his problems. A local chemical company had been polluting his land. The water had been waste runoff from one of its facilities, and Wang wasn't the only victim either. Other farms in the village had also seen their land submerged under toxic waste, rendering it unusable for years to come. A village committee had previously agreed to lease almost 70 acres to Qihua Chemical Group, a subsidiary of the largest chemical company in China. The villagers had no say in the matter, and Qihua Chemicals took no precautions in controlling their waste output. With their livelihoods in ruin, none of the farmers had the money to hire a lawyer. The chemical company was a formidable opponent, bringing in several hundred million dollars a year with an army of attorneys at its disposal. But Wang had to do something for himself, for his community, and for anyone else affected by the company's careless actions. Since he couldn't hire a lawyer of his own to take the company to court, Wang did the next best thing. He started studying the law himself. But the books he needed were expensive, and without a steady income, he had to find another way to get his hands on them. Luckily, the local bookstores had everything he needed to begin his DIY legal education. The bookshop wouldn't barter, but they did allow him to come in and copy information into a notebook by hand, which he repaid by giving them sacks of corn. After five years of studying on his own, Wang sought out a Chinese environmental law firm to help him with his case. They were sympathetic to his cause and offered him free legal advice, even helping him file a petition with the court to begin the lawsuit process. And he continued to study and fight for another eight years while Chihua Chemicals kept pumping toxic waste into the land. Finally, in 2015, the court system kicked into gear, and two years later, the case was over. Through his 16 years of self-teaching and legal maneuvering, Wang and his neighbors put together a mountain of evidence proving that Chihua Chemicals was responsible for dumping 15 to 20,000 tons of toxic waste a year onto their farmland. The district courts agreed. 
What the company had done was reckless, destructive, and unconscionable, and it was on them to make it right. Wang and his village were awarded the American equivalent of roughly $125,000 in damages. The victory was short-lived, though. Chihua Chemicals appealed and the ruling was overturned. But that hasn't stopped Wang from continuing his one-man crusade against a Goliath of a corporation. Though he may not live to see how it all plays out in the end, his will to fight is an inspiration for anyone who thinks they can't make a difference as just one person. Well, one person did. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.